Teal for a beautiful smile, a life of rally for laughs. Teal, T-E-E-L, Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice. That's it, T-E-E-L. Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, brings you the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Remember, friends, for beautiful smiles, it's T-E-E-L, Teal. And just for last, it's R-I-L-E-Y, Riley, in the life of Riley. Chester A. Riley is a great worrier, but today, for a change, he isn't worrying about himself. He's too busy pacing up and down the living room of his little California bungalow, Worrying about the younger generation in general, and his 13-year-old son, Junior, in particular. Peg, it's almost 10 o'clock. Where is Junior so late? Oh, I think he went to a meeting of that new club he joined. A club? He's got no business joining clubs. What's wrong with it? Well, a kid can have all kinds of funny ideas knocked into his head by a club. (laughs) I mean, clubs are a waste of time. Well, you belong to a club. Well, I'm older than Junior. I got more time to waste. I tell you, the kids today need watching. Look at this here in the paper. It says Bramble's department store is crawling with shoplifters, and they think it's some gang of kids doing it. Oh, that is terrible. Believe me, I'm going to keep an eye on our Junior. I want to know what kind of hoodlums he's running around with. And they better be respectable hoodlums. Oh, stop making a mountain out of a molehill. I'd rather make a mountain out of a molehill than have my boy making jute out of a jute mill. <laughs> How's his schoolwork been lately? Why, all right again? Well, he ain't short of any of his marks for a month. Maybe he didn't get his report card. Riley, where are you going? To Junior's room. I'm going to find out if he's holding out that report card on us. Now, wait a minute, Riley. It isn't nice to spy in Junior's room like that. Well, it is a sneaky thing to do, but I'm only doing it for his sake. Believe me, I'd be a lot better off today if my dear old father had been a sneak. (laughs) Now, let's see, where could it be? Well, where did you hide your report card when you were a boy? Look there. I don't want to rip up the floor. (laughs) Maybe it's in his bed. Now, don't muss up that bed. I just... Hey, Look what Junior's got under his mattress. Oh, a jackknife. Yeah. Brand new, too. Still got a price tag on it. Look. From Bramble's department store. Three dollars. Say, how did he get this knife? Why, must have bought it. Remember yesterday he asked you for the three dollars you owed him? Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. He did it. Oh, that's a relief. But I didn't give it to him. <laughs> And if he didn't have money to buy it, then he... Peg. Oh, stop, Riley. I'm sure Junior can explain how he got the knife if you just ask him. And he didn't steal it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess you're right, Peg. I'm ashamed of myself. Why, my Junior is honest and trusty and 100% truthful. All I hope is that when I corner him, he'll have the brains to think up an airtight alibi...
Oh, that dopey homework's all done. Oh, that's fine, son. Well, uh, how are things, Junior? How's your luck these days? Uh, come into any large money lately, like, uh, three dollars? Three dollars? Mm-hmm. I've been flat broke for a month. You have, huh? Are you sure? Come on, Junior, you can tell me. After all, it's kind of hard to buy things in department stores without money. I'll say it is. Then where did you get this knife? Oh, the knife. You found it, Pop. Mm-hmm. You searched my room? Uh, well, 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 not quite. I just happened to be browsing around under your mattress. <laughs> where did you get it? I, well, I, I can't tell you. Junior, I don't want to think what I'm thinking. Where did you get it? Please don't ask me. Oh, come on, Junior. It was probably some innocent thing like... Oh, I know. You went to a vaudeville show and there was a knife thrower and he was a little cockeyed, so he missed the target and the knife landed in your pocket. That's how you got it, huh? Well, I... Yeah. Yeah, that's how it was. Good night. Junior! You expect me to believe that? (laughs) Only a moron would think up a story like that. I, I'd tell you if I could, but but I can't. Well, then I'll tell you. You stole it. You shoplifted it from Bramble's department store. Oh, no, I didn't, Pop. I didn't steal oh, it. Oh, how could you do this? Steal it. Didn't I always teach you to be honest? Remember the times I sneaked you into the movies to see them crime-don't-pay pictures? <laughs> and this is how you pay me back. Oh, but, Pop, I keep telling Listen. you. If you'll only confess you stole this knife, that'll show you're a foreman already. Come on, what do you say? You confess, and then I'll punish you good, and then we'll be friends, huh? There's... there's nothing to confess. That's settled. Junior, we're through. I'm resigning as your father. (laughs) If you won't confess to being a thief, then you ain't worthy of being my son. Hello, Egbert. What's up, Junior? Listen, I'm in a jam. My father found that knife I swapped you for, and he thinks I stole it. Stole it? I paid good dough for it at Bamboo's. See, why don't you tell him you gave me your watch fob for it? Oh, gee, I can't tell him that. He gave me that watch fob for Christmas. It was his great-grandmother's. If Pop ever found out I traded it for a three-dollar knife, he'd hit the ceiling. Maybe with me. Well, okay. I'll give you back the watch, Bob, if you give me back the knife. Yeah, but I can't. My pop's got it. Then nothing doing. Who do you think you're dealing with? A kid? Oh, but Egbert. Goodbye. Gosh. Now what am I going to do? You, Mr. Riley. It's me, Waldo Binney. Oh, hello, Waldo. How are you? Oh, my aching back. (laughs) And, uh, how's your wife? Oh, fine. Just fine. She's in bed with a broken leg. (laughs) 
She, uh, she broke it when she tried to kick me. A broken leg? Well, did you call a doctor? Yes, Dr. Bradley. Dr. Bradley? But, Waldo, he's a horse doctor. Well, you've met my wife. Horse doctor, that's terrible. Yes, he absolutely refuses to shoot her. Waldo, you're exaggerating. Mm, yes, it's the only vice I have. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You, you've got it tough, Waldo. But how would you like to have a young son who shoplifted a knife from Bramble's department store? Oh, my. That's serious. See, this is the knife. Oh, but, oh put it away quick. Huh? You don't want to be seen with the swag. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm going right down and give it back to the manager. No, you mustn't. Huh? That might implicate Junior. Just slip into the store, and when no one's looking, put the knife back on the counter. Oh, you you mean I should unshoplift it? Huh? Exactly, and I'll go with you. Yeah, but suppose I get caught. Well, you mustn't. Then you'd have to explain, and your son would be branded as a thief. The name of Riley must not become smirched. No, oh, no. No, that wouldn't sound so good, Chester A. Smirched. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Bramble. This is Buckley, the store detective. I'm on the street floor, and I think I got a line on that shoplifting gang that's been operating here. Right now, I got my eye on a suspicious-looking character near the knife counter. A criminal type, if I've ever seen one. I, I ain't gonna nab him yet. I'm gonna let him get out of the store, then I tail him, and he leads me to the whole mob. I, I better hang up now, boss. I think he's getting ready to pull something. the knife counter. Careful now. Don't attract any attention. Oh, don't worry, Waldo. I won't. With my coat collar turned up and my hat slouched down over my face and these purple sunglasses I got on, they'll never notice me. Keep cool, Mr. Riley. Remember, putting back that knife will require nerve. I got it. And courage. I got it. And quick thinking. Here, Waldo, you better put it back. Oh, no, you do it. Now's your chance. Drop the knife on the counter. Well, here goes. Wait, not now. What's the matter? That man coming toward us. In the derby. That's the store detective. Oh, uh-huh. take it easy, Waldo. Don't be afraid. Hold your ground. Stay where you are. Only a coward runs. You're right. Only a coward runs. Hey, Mr. Riley, wait for me. <laughs> just brought you the first act of The Life of Riley, and we'll return to Riley in just a moment. Meanwhile, this is Ken Carpenter. Think, are you brushing gum-lined cavities into your teeth with toothpaste or powder containing harsh abrasives? Why take this chance when modern liquid teal cleans teeth safely without abrasives? You see, out of every ten adults, eight have receding gums. And when gums recede, parts of your teeth are exposed 25 times softer than tooth enamel. Now, those softer parts are easily damaged by daily use of toothpaste or powder containing harsh abrasives. So chances are 8 in 10 you're risking those ground-in cavities daily, unless the dentifrice you use contains no such abrasives. Teal is the only leading dentifrice that contains no abrasives. Teal cleans teeth with a patented ingredient, protects teeth from ground-in gum-lined cavities. The Teal way takes one extra minute a week to make teeth look their best safely. 
Just follow directions on the package. Remember, large family-sized teal saves money. Insist on T-E-E-L, teal, the refreshing liquid dentifrice. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Well, poor Riley is under the mistaken impression that his son, Junior, has shoplifted a jackknife from a department store. And to cover up Junior's apparent crime, Riley tried to put the knife back, but was spotted by the store detective. Now, Riley is running home, his friend Waldo beside him. Waldo ducks into his house, and here comes Riley. Home at last. What a narrow escape. Where have you been? Where have I been? I've been through plenty. All on account of that son of yours. Oh, now he's my son. Riley, even if he won't tell you where he got the knife, I just know he didn't steal it. My own son. I brung him into the world. I walked the floor with him. I played this little piggy goes to market with his little fingers. And now his little fingers go to market and come back with stolen stuff stickers. <laughs> well, I'll teach that boy a lesson he'll never forget. Riley, you're taking your belt off. You've never spanked him before. Uh, I know. I hate to spank him, but it's the only way to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Junior, get out of that bed. It's no use pretending you're asleep. Come on, get up. Get. Hey, look, something's wrong with Junior. He don't move, and his face is so white. Riley, that's the pillow. <laughs> He's gone. Look, his window's open. Oh, now see what you've done. Hank, our boy's gone. He started on his career as a criminal. He's gone forever. We'll never see him again until Warner Brothers makes a movie out of him. It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> Greetings, Riley. You're looking fine. Very natural. Oh, hello, Digger. I, I didn't hear you walking behind me. You're not the only one. <laughs> Whither are you bound, Riley, in such pell-mell fashion? Well, I'd rather not say, Digger. Oh, come now. You can tell me. I won't breathe it to a living soul. Tigger, I really got to go. I'm in an awful hurry. Why, hurry, Riley. In my profession, we have a saying. A hasty man is off the beam. And statistics indubitably prove that the wise man always takes his time and ends up in the groove. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I gotta find my boy Junior. You see, he's gotten in with a gang of hoodlums. Oh, perish the thought. Yeah. I hope it isn't the same gang of hoodlums that's been annoying me. Yesterday they took a sign from a tailor shop and hung it on the door of my business establishment. Oh, I was furious. Why? What did the sign say? Not responsible for anything left over 30 days. <laughs> 
mortified. Yeah, but Junior's gang is worse. They've been shoplifting from stores. Oh, good heavens. Now, why should nice young lads commit such a reprehensible act? Well, you know how it is with kids. They get tempted when they want to buy things, and they can't because they're flat. That's no excuse. Every day I meet people who are flat. <laughs> but they never lift a finger to steal. Oh, it's terrible, Digger. I can hardly believe it myself. Why, only a few years ago, my junior was such a nice, sweet baby. All babies are nice. Ah, babies. Yowling their little heads off in the middle of the night. Playfully crawling on top of the piano and then falling off and denting the floor. <laughs> Guzzling a bottle of milk and then burping delicately into your ear. <laughs> I adore babies. They're so gay. Yeah, but they don't grow up so gay. O'Reilly, you must teach Junior the error of his ways. Go to the gang's clubhouse. Maybe he's there. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll break up that gang so now, fast. Now, now, they... wait, Riley. Don't do anything rash. Reason with the lads. Teach them right from wrong. Prove to them that crime does not pay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Digger. I, I was all mixed up before, but now I know exactly what to do. Gee, Diggy, you're wonderful when it comes to straightening people out. Please, let's not talk shop. <laughs> oh, 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 that reminds me. I have an appointment. I'd better be shoveling off. Order! Order! The meeting of the Wildcats Social and Athletic Club will now come to order. The secretary, Egbert Gillis, will now read the minutes. Okay, where are my glasses? Hey, who can that be? Open up the minutes, Junior. It's your papa, Junior. It's your papa. Gosh. Oh, this is where you kids hang out. Yeah. What are you doing here? What are you? You'll find out. Now, you kids listen to me. I know what this gang has been up to, see? Oh, but Tom... Quiet. I'm here to prove to you that crime does not pay. But, Mr. Riley, we know it doesn't pay. Don't contradict me. But, Tom... Now, listen. You kids are starting off on the wrong feet. You think you can get away with stealing? Well, I'll prove that you can't. For instance, let's say one of you kids sees a knife in Bramble's department store. A knife like this. Hey... That jackknife is the one that... Quiet, Egbert. So this kid wants this knife and decides to steal it. Now I'll show you step by step how he gets to Alcatraz. The first thing he does, he goes into the store and looks around. There's the gang's hideout. But that shack? Are you sure, Buckley? Positive. I've been tailing the ringleader ever since he ducked out of this store this afternoon. He's in there now with a bunch of kids. Kids, huh? What's the angle? Don't you get it? He's the brain, and he trains the kids how to steal. Oh. Now go in there and make a pinch. Well, I can't without evidence. I'll get you evidence. Get close to the window and listen. Okay. Come on. Shh. Listen. And then, boys, I'll tell you your next move. You sneak over to the knife counter, see? And when no one's looking, you grab a knife like this. Put it in your pocket like this and duck out the door. But that's only shoplifting. 
Next you go for bigger stuff, like cracking a safe. And then before you know it, you're under arrest. That's right. You're under arrest. This cop knows what he's talking about. Cop. Hey, wait, you kid. Okay, officer. I got you. Oh, Let go of me. I didn't do nothing. Oh, no. Then where did this knife come from? Look, officer, it's still got our price tag on it. I can explain where I got that knife. Yeah? Sure. I got it from my... Uh, no, I, I I can't explain. I can explain, Mr. Policeman. That's my knife. I bought it. Yeah, my father got it from me, and I got it from Egbert. When I swapped in my father's watch fob for it. And, and... That's enough. Save it for the judge. Wait a minute. Junior... You swapped my watch fob for the knife? Yeah, Pop. I, I was afraid to tell you. I knew how you felt about it. You mean you ain't a thief and a crook and a juvenile delinquent? No, Pop. What a revolting development this is. <laughs> You mean to tell me they took you all down to the police station? Yeah, but Pop explained to the sergeant and everything's okay now. Oh, that father of yours. Where is he now? He's still at the station, trying to get his fingerprints back. <laughs> Riley, what's the matter? Wait, let me shut the door. Riley, what is it? Hide me. Quick, hide me. They're after me. The police? No, the people, a mob. They're coming up the street, muttering. Look out the window. Why, it's Mr. Gillis and Mr. Wilson and a lot of other men. Yeah, it's all the fathers. They're sore on account of Pop got all the kids pinched. Why can't they be reasonable like me? I'm willing to forget the whole thing. (laughs) Here, here. Don't let them in. Open up, Riley. We know you're there. Oh, Riley, you better open the door. No, no. Come on out, you coward. Who's a coward? I'm coming out there and punch you good if you ain't off my property inside of 24 hours. <laughs> oh, Riley, you'll have to go out there and explain to him. No, Dumplin', no, not me. Gee, Pop, I never thought you'd be scared. Scared? Why should I be scared? Just because Wilson weighs 300 pounds? If I can handle him, why, I could break my neck with his little finger. I'm going out there and give them a talk and two they'll never forget. Open the door. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, man. Wait a minute. Wait a... Riley, you got some tall explaining to do, and you better do it quick. Well, sure, sure, fellas. I I, I, I can explain. Yeah, yeah I can explain. I can... Well, you see, <laughs> Mr. Wilson, my Junior, father... Junior, please, I, I'll do all the... the, the... The, the talking, well, we're waiting, Riley. Yeah, you're waiting. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you see, uh, uh, what my father wants to say is he thought we were a group of delinquent children, and he thought we needed some adult guidance. Yeah, uh, not only that. And if all the parents took more interest in their children's activities and tried to be real pals to their children, there would be fewer children going wrong. Yeah, and I'll even go further. Parents should get together and help other parents who don't understand their children's problems. Or, let me put it this way. For every delinquent child, there are two delinquent parents. Because criminals are made, not born. 
And in conclusion, I thank you. By George, that's right. Isn't it, man? Riley, I think we owe you an apology. Forget the apology, boys. All I ask is, remember the speech I just made and follow my advice word for word. Riley's will be back in half a minute. Hurry, switch to Teal on your toothbrush. Teal protects teeth from gum line cavities ground in by daily use of toothpaste or powder containing harsh abrasives. Teal cleans teeth gently without abrasives. T-E-E-L, Teal, the safe, refreshing liquid dentifrice. Now a word from our star, the man who makes Riley so smiley, William Bendix. Friends, as Americans, we all do a lot of good-natured kidding, but we also stand ready to meet our serious problems squarely. When you get right down to it, juvenile delinquency means that a lot of basically nice kids are in bad trouble. It isn't enough for us to dismiss it by saying, isn't it awful? We've got to do a lot more. We can take more time to be our own children's best pal. We can make our own home their favorite hangout. We can support the many wonderful boys and girls clubs and other organizations that are working so hard to teach young America that there's more fun and more happiness ahead for the boy who plays the game according to the rules. So let's buckle down and show those kids that we're rooting for them. Good night. Parker and Gamble make his appeal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, invites you to be their guest next week to hear the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. William Bendix appears by arrangement with Hal Roach and may soon be seen in Paramount's The Blue Dahlia. The Life of Riley is produced for Teal by Irving Brecker and is directed by Don Bernard. Music by Lou Kozlov. Tonight's cast included Paula Winslow, Scotty Beckett, John Brown, Dink Trout, George Peroni, and Herb Vigran. This is Ken Carpenter on behalf of Teal inviting you to listen again next week. And remember, for laughs, it's R-I-L-E-Y Riley, and for lovely smiles, it's T-E-E-L Teal. Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, protects teeth beautifully. It's a washing miracle for silk, nylon, woolen, dishes. What are you talking about? Dress. I'll spell it. D-R-E-F-T, dress. Yes, ladies, and dress spells faster, brighter, safer cleaning than any sub before in history. That's true. Take lingerie, for example. Why, dress keeps my dainty underthings fresher and brighter than even expensive soap flakes. Right. You see, dress is different from soap. Dress rich suds rinse clean and clear. They simply can't leave any sticky deposit the way all soaps do. No wonder dress keeps lingerie, stockings, new woolens, prettier and brighter far longer than any soap could ever do. With Dreft, there's no soap fading. Yes, and for washing dishes, Dreft is just unbelievable. Why, Dreft makes my dishes shine even without wiping. Every woman knows how dishes washed with soap dry with a greasy film, unless you polish them. Well, my Dreft wash dishes drain dry, bright and sparkling. Even glasses sparkle without touching a towel to them. Yes, ladies. 
Decide now to open up this bright new world of beauty for all your nice things, for your fine washables, for your dishes. So get Dreft in the bright green package. Dreft, Procter & Gamble's amazing suds discovery that gives you faster, brighter, safer cleaning than any suds before in history. That's D-R-E-F-T. Dreft. Next time you shop, get Dreft. Again next week, same time when Teal for a Beautiful Smile brings you the life of Riley for last. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.